Did you want to just go ahead and tell us the uh, exact game plan you have for Craig Jones for the third <laughs> match in August? Yeah, I'm going to pull single leg X and heel hook him in the first match. Okay. I'm going to put that at the beginning of this episode so we can revisit it and that, that way everybody knows what's going to happen. This is Justin Lesko, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and former pro MMA fighter. And I'm Mike Callahan, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and a law enforcement officer. Welcome to That Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. What's up, guys? Our guest on the show tonight is a brown belt out in California under Coyote Terror. He's an ADCC vet and an ADCC trials champion. He's also an IBJJF world and European champion and an IBJJF Nogi world champion. He's coming off a somewhat controversial win against Craig Jones last Sunday at Submission Underground, and they just announced that they're going to have a rematch August 30th. So he's coming on to talk about the match that just happened with Craig and to preview the match that's coming up next month. So we're very lucky to welcome Mason Fowler. Well, whenever whenever you're settled and ready, we'll start grilling you with all the really hard questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let us know when to fire away. Yeah, go ahead. All right, Mason, thanks so much for coming on, man. I know you're probably pretty busy this weekend. After that match with Craig, I'm sure everybody's blowing you up to come on. Yeah, it's been crazy, man. This is like, about like five or six podcasts to do this weekend, so. Are we, are we the first one for the weekend? Are we the we number one on your list? You guys are number, you guys are number three. Motherfucker. <laughs> I think I have two more. Yeah. We got to find those other podcasts. We got to find them. <laughs> we'll, we'll jump right in. You know, there was so much being said about that match with Craig on Sunday. Can you just give us, you know, your thoughts on what happened and talk us through the match? Uh, one good point that I, I, I want to get out there. <clears throat> um, something that I heard Chael say. Because uh, the the big issue was like the verbal tap, right? Um, I think, man, I think one of the big issues with that is uh, it was so quiet in the arena. I, I think, you know, if there was a crowd um, and that, you know what I mean, with everything going on, people talking, cheering, whatever, um, I, I don't think it would have sounded as loud as it sounded. But I just think because it was dead, it was dead quiet in there. You could hear like a pin drop. Um, I think that maybe made kind of the noises sound a little bit louder than they were. It, it, like there was like two incidents though, right? At during that overtime, because when he it, it was when he rolled, and then he made like the the noise, and then it happened again, and it, it looked like the ref almost stepped in the first time when it happened, right? Yeah, and uh, you know when when he was defending too, I saw some people saying like like that he tapped. He didn't tap. Um, he just was like. Because I was going more like over his face, and he was like doing this, and then he was pushing up on my arm. You know what I mean? And then my arm right. would like slip over his face, and he was doing really good at keeping his chin down, so I was kind of high. And then he would be like, "Because I obviously it hurts to be in that position," um, but he would kind of do this and then push up. Um, so, yeah. I, um, I definitely know he was in pain, but I know those like those movements he was doing with his hands weren't meant to tap. He was just tr- he was maybe just kind of like like in pain, like uh, and then going to push. You know. Now I know a lot of tournaments do have sort of a verbal tap rule built in. Does Submission Underground do they talk to you about that before the matches? Is there a we're super strict on verbal taps, or it's got to be a really dramatic verbal tap? Do they talk to you about that at all before? 
Yeah, so that's another reason why it's it's a gray area is because I think if if you put the same situation in an IBJJF match, I think there's a lot of refs that would would stop it there. Um, if you put the same situation in an ADCC match, the refs aren't going to stop it. And it says clearly in the rules of ADCC that um, no screams will be called as a verbal tap except the word tap. But then afterwards, uh, Eddie Bravo, I think, chimed in and he said that him personally, he wouldn't have stopped it there, especially when guys are starting on the back um, because we are like we're fighting. You know, the overtimes is like a scrap. Um, we're both fighting as hard as we can. Uh, one guy's fighting to smash the guy's face and stretch him out and control the position. The other guy's fighting as hard as he can to get out. Um, Submission Underground is kind of like its own thing. It's not really EBI. Um, they have a, a completely unique rule set. So at that point, that's why it's like it's kind of a gray area. You know, they use the EBI overtimes. So you would think that <clears throat> Eddie Bravo would be the guy that you would want to get his opinion on it. Right. Him right. personally, he said he wouldn't have called it. Um, yeah, it, uh, it's one of those gray areas, you know. It, it sucks. I, I don't think it's um, black and white, but I definitely um, – it does suck for Craig that I think like that. Um, and then it sucks for me too. It shouldn't take away from that. I mean, that was a – you know, you went in there, you implemented a game plan, and you came out on top. It's unfortunate that, you know, people are letting that take away from, from the win for you. That's a huge fucking win, man. So, yeah, exactly. So, um, and, and the other thing too is like, also, I don't know if you guys have watched me and Craig's ADCC match, but there was some controversy there too. Yeah, that's won. one of the, uh, the one of the you perks of won. doing a show like this is that it gives me a good excuse to go back and just watch hours and hours and hours of matches. So, yeah. I've actually watched that match a few times, not to be, uh, too much of a fanboy, yeah, but I, wa fan I watched boy. that match today, actually. A ask Benji Silva how much of a fanboy Justin is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I don't know, man. Uh, the, the only thing that bothers me is just um, that was a clear – that was like one of those things where it was widely agreed that I should have got, gotten the two points. Yeah. And uh, like where the head of ADCC came out and said it and Craig came out and said it. I didn't really make that much of a fuss about it. And, and Craig's definitely not making a fuss about this at all. He's, he's you know, joking, laughing it off um, as well. Um, but uh, it just kind of sucks that, like, it's, it's okay sometimes for the little guy to get burned right. or, like, the underdog. And then when, when like, I was a 7-1 to one underdog for that, the rematch with Craig. And uh, I think that kind of ties into why it's, like, such a big deal because, Everyone expected me to be Craig, so it's like, oh, if I did win, like, must something must have been wrong. I think there's a little bit of that because it is Craig, you know, he's he's an amazing competitor and he's one of the best guys right now. Yeah, if you uh, if if anyone who's listening goes back and watches that ADCC match, it's crazy to me how, like, I thought you were I thought you were obviously winning that match, and the announcers are going, "This is the best Craig Jones we've ever seen." Like, yeah, the commentary on there was cr crazy um how they kept you know and and he did look good but i mean you were shutting his game down and i thought that um before the guillotine regardless of the points that you should have got you were up you were up in that match anyway um yeah and it uh it, it just depends what you're looking for um i definitely think the first five minutes it was sub only 
he was attacking more with the submissions. And then I think I kind of took over the second five minutes when you implement the points. Points. Um, I think if you, if you look at, at, which I do all the time, I look at my skill set um, against my opponent's skill set, and I try to take myself out of it. Um, and you can kind of see, like, Craig's obviously a lot more submission heavy. That's, like, his bread and butter is, is um, the submissions. He's really good at the leg locks and chokes, arm locks, everything. Um, one of my strengths is is my ability, I think, to score. I have a wrestling um, base, and also I'm pretty confident in my ability to um, sweep and also pass. And I think that's a big part of jiu-jitsu, too. Um, a lot of people are, are saying, oh, well, for the, the trilogy, you have to do no time limit submission only. That's the, that's the purest form of jiu-jitsu. Um, but I'm not stupid, man. Like, that that's going even deeper into giving Craig an advantage. You know what I mean? Right. In the submission underground, I'm seven to one underdogs. Imagine the underdog I would be in uh, no time limit submission only. So I always joke with them and uh, I always tell people like, no, we're going to do like IBJJF in the key, you know? <laughs> I, I think depending on the rule set, um, if, if me and Craig competed in 10 different rule sets, I think there would be 10 different outcomes just because we have such a different um, skill set. Now, when you're training, obviously the the rematch of the rematch is going to happen in August, but this is sort of a general question too. When you're training and you know you have a super fight coming up in a championship match against one guy, how does that affect the way you train and prepare for that event? Do you do something specific just to prepare for Craig for the next month and a half, or do you train like normal? Um, yeah, so definitely for something like this, it would be everything's going to be focused on that. All the training is going to be focused on that. Um, I personally, when I have something big coming up, such as like uh, Worlds, ADCC, no UOs, or like a big super fight like this, um, I like to uh, also incorporate some kind of conditioning because I think that's really important. Um, and I think that if you have a, a short period of time, like six weeks, four weeks, eight weeks for something big, I think that the... Um, the advantages you can gain during the competition from maybe uh, focusing on cardio or strength training, you can maybe make some big gains in that short period of time. Uh, whereas we're all, we're all pretty high level in our, in our jujitsu. And I think that um, those improvements that you make in your jujitsu, uh, you see those more over like a long period of time. Yeah. 100%. The, the one thing that I noticed and, I meant to ask you this when we were kind of talking about his matches. I, I guess from training with the the Danaher guys, he's you know he's heavy with that near side underhook, right? And it seemed like you had a plan for that in both of these matches. Like you you were you were able to negate that from your half guard. Was that something that you were expecting the second match too to avoid that when he was on top? Yeah. So um, yeah. So again, it, it goes back to the rule sets. You know, the rule set changes the entire strategy. So if uh if you go back and look at the differences i i was playing more to to sweep and to come up uh, maybe on a single in the first match right and uh and the second match there was no there's no point for me to use all my energy to sweep him um especially if you know like if we both end up on on the feet he's going to pull again um so yeah you can see that when i was on bottom and i went to the underhook um and he went to my head. I just stood up. And then he actually was really smart. And he jumped to close guard, 
which was a really good, um, really smart decision from him. Um, and then that, that was kind of like the most trouble that I was in during the match because he had the guillotine, but I had one of his hands. You couldn't see, I had one of his hands like, like this. So he couldn't really get a good grip. I had like his fingers here and I was kind of protecting. So he wasn't choking me, but I was aware that I wasn't in the best possible position at that moment. Um, and then he, he transitioned to a triangle over my arm, which I, you know, as I felt that coming too, I was like, fuck, this is horrible. Um, and then I ended up getting out of it, luckily. Yeah, Uncle Chael wasn't too happy with you standing up in that guillotine. I had the hand, you know? Now, it does seem like Craig does like that. He likes to shoot for the guillotine or, like, front headlock during wrestling scrambles. And I know you have a good wrestling pedigree. Does that change your approach using your wrestling during those scrambles when he's looking for that guillotine a lot? So I, I've always prided myself in having a really good guillotine defense. And it's very rare um, in the training room that I, that I end up getting tapped. I end up in the position a lot because obviously anytime you're shooting good jiu-jitsu guys are going to go for the, the front headlock and the front chokes. So um, I, I've been in the position a lot. I use it to, to finish the takedown and establish a good position. And in my first ADCC match too, the guy had a front headlock on me and I used it to pass. Um, he ended up scrambling out. I didn't secure the pass, but that was like one of those little things that really bothered me. Cause I, it, it's like a well-known thing in the gym that I'm like almost impossible to get, you know, my friends always tell me that. Um, that's like just one of those things that I've developed through the years. So it was, it did suck that like, yeah, a little extra sting. Yeah. So now the prep is on for the match in August. Did you guys, is it, has a rule set been agreed to, or is it the same rule set for submission undergrounds? Yeah. So, um, they reached out to me to do the rematch and then, um, I'm assuming they reached out to him, uh, and then they announced the match. So from my understanding, it should be the same rule set, right? Because it, it, it should be the same rule set. All of the submission underground, um, all of the, uh, Submission underground matches, I believe, have been under that rule set. So it wouldn't. I mean, it would. It would be kind of, kind of messed up to be totally fine with the rule set, and then the one time that he loses, then now they change it's it. Like, okay, yeah. yeah, it's. I hadn't heard anyone really complaining about the rule set until after someone kind of found a way to play the rules to their favor and get a win. Yeah, I mean, like this. What else? kind of gets lost in this is you had to run a fucking gauntlet to get this match you worked to get this you capitalized on an opportunity you know there's no reason for them to to make changes to it now just run it back the way it was yeah and uh honestly i think the most i think the most exciting rule set and kind of the mo the one that puts us 50 50 um is the adcc rule set because i mean if you watch the first match you're going to see the the first five uh, is submission only, so my ability to score points kind of gets taken out. Um, and then he has the ability to attack submissions. I also have the ability, but that's like kind of what we were saying. That's more of his strength. And then you get the second five minutes, which now we're throwing the points in, and then could go either way. So he, you know, who knows? I mean, he could catch me in the first. He could catch me at any time. The the dude's dangerous. Um, and then I, I believe that I can score on him at any time as well. So I think that's what makes it such an exciting matchup. Were you able to talk to the ref 
after that uh, ADCC match and get his thoughts on why that why that wasn't scored, or you just kind of let it go at that point? Man, I've been doing this for a while, and uh, ever ever since I came in to jujitsu competitions, I've always been the little guy, and uh, n- nothing can be done. You've seen guys and argue with yeah for hours and screaming 20 guys screaming at the refs and nothing ever gets done and all, all it does is just drag it out even longer as yep. soon as it happened i yep. took the ref's hand i shook craig's hand and told him good job i grabbed my stuff and i just left to the back of the arena to go cry by myself you know what i mean like there's, there's no yeah. point nothing nothing ever happened so yeah. now obviously You've been in there with Craig twice in two major competitions. Do you feel like you sort of have a bit of the puzzle figured out going into the third match, or is it still Craig and he's still kind of an enigma? Uh, I wouldn't say I have him figured out necessarily because it's not – I mean, both matches were not me, like, completely dominating them. It's still – no matter what, it's going to be a scrap. But I think the problem is that people do think of him as an enigma I think a lot of people are already beat before they go out there. Um, I'm pretty good at just taking him and his name out of the equation and during the match, not even really, I don't even look at the guy's face that I'm competing at. I'm just looking at their, I'm looking at them as a whole, just as, you know, it's just me against you. It doesn't matter who you are, whether, whether it's a white belt or a black belt or Craig Jones or whoever, I'm, it's, it's a, you know, it's a puzzle. It's a chess game. I try not to think too much about my opponent. Obviously, in the training camp, you know that he's really good, and that motivates you to work hard. Um, and then also, you're going to study him as an individual so that you can figure out how to beat him. But I think it's really important that when you go out there, you just uh, you kind of forget all that. You know, you know, you still have your game plan and all that, but um, you don't think too much about the guy that's in front of you. You know, don't think about what he's going to do. You have to focus on what you're going to do. That's good advice. That's good advice for people who want to compete. We were talking to Benji about it, too, a couple weeks ago, and it's, you know, it's nice for you to know that you're getting shit thrown at you every day in training that, you know, a lot of people in the world aren't capable of throwing at you. Maybe Craig Jones is, but you're training with monsters every day that are helping you get prepared for this. So, you know, that's something good to fall back on. Yeah, and, and guys like Benji, Benji has a really similar style to Craig as well. Um, he uses a lot of the same setups, and uh, so that's why I was able to recognize some of the things that were getting set up on me. And also, we, we have a lot of good guys, too. Obviously, everyone knows about, like, Kyle and Yuri, but we have a lot of um, good guys, too, that are black belts um, that are kind of under the radar. So, man, I'm, we have a really talented training room there. The team is really talented, so I have I have good guys, and they're they're all like my best friends too. And they study tape. Um, they're studying what my opponent's going to do, and they're like, "Hey, I'm going to try to do this to you today. This is what your guy does. I'm going to play this guard because this is what your guy does." Like we all kind of help each other with the matchups, and we try to mimic the guys that are training partners are going to go against wrestling mentality that situational sparring you know bringing that into the mix that's awesome so now have you prepared yourself mentally for if in august if you go out there and you beat him again that you now become like the next craig jones so now you're the big guy and you're not the little guy anymore um yeah yes and no um i mean at the end of the day 
at the end of the day, there's, there's always going to be another guy. There's always going to be like another challenge. So it can't just be like, I, I win one match. I mean, it, it's not a, it's not an ADCC title. It's not a world title. Um, it's a super fight title, which is kind of its own thing, but no matter what, there's always going to be other guys. So if I, you know, if after uh, August 30th, who knows, it might be like Vinny next, who's like super talented or, it might be, I mean, who knows? Who knows who's going to be next, so. Come out with a new hashtag. Yeah, I can't I can't have that mindset going. of like, oh, I beat the guy, now I'm the guy. I'm, I got to have the mindset of like, okay, I got to like keep training hard because there's going to be another killer waiting next and then another one. Absolutely. Yeah, there's someone waiting to do to you what you're trying to do to Craig Jones. Exactly. And that's how Craig Jones made his name too, you know. Craig Jones made his name at ADCC by um, getting wins over two legends. And I mean, that's just kind of how, that's kind of how the sport goes. That's how every combat sport goes. There's a long reigning guy and someone kind of makes a name off of him and then it just keeps kind of going and going. Uh, so Mason, the only other thing I want to know is, did you want to just go ahead and tell us the uh, exact game plan you have for Craig Jones for the third <laughs> match in August and give us the, uh, the breaking scoop? Yeah, I'm going to pull single leg X and he'll hook him in the first one. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna put that at the beginning of this episode so we can revisit it and that, that way everybody knows what's gonna happen no but for, but seriously though if you uh maybe you could come back on after the match in august and and chat with us again and break it down for us yeah definitely of course awesome we had uh when we had benji on he was telling us that we for sure oh had to get God. you so here we go with the fucking benji talk again this Listen. dude is in he is in love with benji silva he is in love with benji silva yeah yeah <laughs> Mason, Benji is going to get mad at me if I don't mention Benji during your interview. Yeah. I can't have that. I can't have the guy okay. mad at me. He's one of my best friends. Listen, Mike's over here tell, texting me an hour before the interview saying, I'm so excited. We got to get on. Let's get on the phone. Yeah. Let's call this guy. So don't let him talk about me with Benji when he's over there fanboying on you. I, I fanboy a little bit. I fanboy a little bit. It's so. crazy because, like, to me, I'm to, honestly to me, I'm like nobody. I still have like the mindset of, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. I, I I don't see myself in that perspective. Like to me, I'm I'm happy that you guys are uh, contacting me to have a conversation with me. You know what I mean? I don't feel like well, people want to like talk to me. It's not. I don't know. It's weird. I I haven't gotten to that point yet. Maybe one day I will. But you should get used to it because yeah. if you keep putting on matches against Craig and, and other legends in the sport, people are going to keep hitting you up to come on their shows. But just remember, you already said you're coming back on ours, so yeah. don't take any August. other appointments after that no, match. No, yeah, I'll be back for sure. You guys will probably be like number six that time. Oh, you Hell no. You motherfucker. You're cutting us down already? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, Mason, awesome. we appreciate you coming on so much and, and chatting with us. I know you got a lot going on. If you want, I can leave Mike out next time if he's too annoying. Shut if you do that, then you guys will be number one. Oh, you see? You see? <laughs> I like Benji better. <laughs> Mason, thanks so much, man. All right, dude. Thanks. Appreciate, I appreciate it. it. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Huge thanks to Mason for coming on the show and talking with us. If you'd like to follow him on Instagram, you can find him at Mason Fowler MMA. Don't forget to follow the show at that underscore jujitsu underscore podcast. And if you'd like to follow me directly, you can find me at M underscore Callahan one zero six. And if you want to follow me directly, you can find me at Justin Lesko. And if you want to watch the full video version of this episode or any episode we do, you can find us on YouTube by just searching for that jujitsu podcast. 
Also, we teamed up with Patreon.com. And if you go to Patreon, you can actually receive exclusive content, bonus episodes, technique breakdowns, and you actually get early access to the episodes as soon as we're done recording them. It's patreon.com slash that jujitsu podcast. So check it out. Say thank you again. Thank you again. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. See you guys.